And so last week we talked about fasting. This week we're going to talk more about prayer. Look at what Matthew chapter 6 says. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth, that's all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Now that's who sees everything. There's a part of that that I love and there's a part of that that's just a little scary, isn't it? (laughs) But this is what he's saying. God is intimately involved in your life. And he knows everything. He sees everything. He watches everything. And and if that convicts you a little bit, okay. Right? Just knowing that. But what happens is when we come to God in prayer, he's already seen it all. He already knows it all. So he knows when we're putting on or when we're just saying fluffy things because it sounds good to a bunch of people or when we're really sincere, when we really mean it. Now look at what else he says. When you pray... Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers will be answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. It didn't say He knows what you need. It says He knows exactly what you need. God sees everything. He is already involved in your life. Now, you know this is very different than what happened in the Old Testament. And now, your Bible has, you know, 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 New Testament. And all of the people of old, all of the people you read about in the Old Testament, they did not have the Holy Spirit like we have today. God has poured out His Holy Spirit everywhere. This is after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And they waited. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, and now he's active and present and alive. And he's, and so if you ever feel this conviction, man, I need to pray more. I need to change my life. I need to stop doing wrong. I need to, there's something, that's the Holy Spirit in you. And so God is, he knows you, and he wants to be with you and in you, leading you. And the Old Testament is very different. Before God poured out his Holy Spirit. So there, oftentimes you'll read in the Old Testament where they're just begging God, please God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And, and God had to leave them because they turned their back on him. Now they said, we want to be judged by the law. And God's like, no, you don't. They're like, yes, we do. We want a king like other nations and we want a law. And that's how we want you to rule us. And God's like, no, you don't. They're like, yes, we do. He said, if you live by the law, you're going to die by the law. And they're like, that's what we want. He said, okay. And he gave it to them. Ooh, the Old Testament is harsh when you're reading it. Amen? Amen. And, it's, and you can see. And God is pleading and pleading and pleading. And so now he's like, you don't have to pray like they did in the Old Testament. You don't have to go on and on. You don't have to memorize prayers. You don't have to recite them. You don't have to move and bend. and You don't have to do all this. You don't have to do any of that. It's not about how you look. It's not about how great you pray. It's not about even getting the words right. God wants an intimate relationship with you. 
He's waiting. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Please open up to me. I want to be your God. I need a little water. Uh, <clears throat> Vic, do you mind? <clears throat> Thank you. So, <clears throat> I want to cover three things with you today about prayer. And the very first one is just this. Anyone can learn to pray. It's so simple, right? Anyone can learn to pray. And, and it's really funny when we first start. And this is what you need to know. So I've already let you know. God believes in you. He is for you. And so all he wants to do is have you open. Oh, man, I don't want your coffee. Is that coffee? It's your, it's your water? Oh, I think maybe I'll, uh, I think maybe, thank you. What a great church, amen. I don't want, thank you for giving me your water, Wayne, but I don't want to. Is this yours, Vic? Oh, praise the Lord. That's exactly what I needed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So this is so much fun. God is already for you. You need to know that. Because oftentimes, has this ever happened to you? You get with a crowd of people, they come over to your house for a meal, or you go to their house for a meal, or maybe you go out to a restaurant and six or seven people are sitting around the table, or you're in a small group, and somebody looks over at you and they say, hey, do you mind leading the opening prayer? And you're like, uh, uh, well, uh, uh yes, I do. I've never, I never, I've not, I haven't done, I don't, no. <laughs> Right? Has that ever happened to you before? Where you've been put on the spot? Early on when you're getting to know how to pray, you have to borrow somebody else's words because you don't know how to pray. And, and so you're listening and you're like, oh man, that sounds really good. I remember this one time, I was early on, I was trying to learn how to get close to God and I heard this one person pray, thank you for the privilege that we have as Americans to come and worship you as Christians. I thought, oh boy, that's good. If ever, if ever I have to pray, I'm going to say that. And so all my early prayers were words that other people prayed because I thought it sounded good. Anybody ever borrowed somebody else's words to pray? Thank you for this food. Blessed are the nurse from our bodies and our bodies thy service. I'm sure that was a great prayer. And, that's, and, it, and, it's, and it is a great prayer. But at some point, God wants you to develop your own words. And if we just repeat the same words, what kind of a relationship is that? How far would two people go in a relationship if every time they got together, they only said the same words? So God has a great sense of humor. And it's okay if you're learning how to use new words and different words. Our prayers start off so selfish. But after you really develop an intimate prayer life with God... They change. Can we laugh a little bit at prayer? Is that okay with you? Are you sure? Because Hollywood is great at letting us know how selfish and weird and goofy some of our prayers are. Oh, dear God. Thank you. You are such a good God. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers in the South call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Oh God, 
ease our suffering in this our moment of great despair. A kind and gentle and accommodating God. O oh Lord, bless this thy hand grenade, that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And of course, my red hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone cold fox. Mm. Yay, admit this good and decent woman into thine arms and the flock, in thine heavenly area up there. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laid at our table this day and each day. By day, day by day, by day. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh you are so big, oh you are so big, so absolutely you. By day, by day. Dear Lord Baby Jesus, we also thank you for my wife's father Chip. We hope that you can use your Baby Jesus powers to heal him his horrible leg. It smells terrible and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. By day, by day. And Moab, he laid its down behind the demand of the Canaanites. And yea, all the Hindus speak of karma. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen but you're so strong and well just so super i implore you give her give her a break dear tiny infant jesus hey um you know sweetie jesus did grow up you don't always have to call him baby it's a bit odd and i'll put in the cradle baby look i like the christmas jesus best and i'm saying grace when you say grace, you can say the grown-up Jesus, or teenage Jesus, or bearded Jesus, or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good, so that God will let us win tomorrow. <sighs> You're tiny, Jesus. Baruch hallelujah. Clark, this is a serious matter. I'll do it myself. Honey, I'm not an ordained minister. I'm doing my best, okay? Your golden fleece divers with your tiny little fat balled up fist pawing. He was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Gosh, we're all really impressed down here, I can tell you. We just thank you for all the races I've won and $21.2 million. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money that I have accrued over this past season. Also due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say the Powerade is delicious mm. and it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. Oh my goodness. Do <laughs> you think God has a sense of humor? Yes, he does. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know what to think about all that. But... Uh, but when, when we're putting it together and when we're looking at all these different prayers, you know, it was like, you know, talking to a couple of people like, oh, that's so funny. 
you're going to show that in church? Is there anything special or holy about this place any more than anywhere else you are with God? No. No. However, Hollywood, I think, does a really good job of, of poking at how our prayers seem to be more about us than anything else. God, I want that job, and I need that money. And we, sometimes our prayers are so selfish that we don't even recognize. I mean, our prayer begins with, Dear God, thank you for this day and all its many blessings. Boy, I need a job. I need this. I need this relationship. I need, I need, I need, I need. And oftentimes, especially early on, when people are beginning prayer lives and prayer walks with God, if God doesn't do exactly what you think he should do, we, we end up questioning him. Why, God, did you let that happen? Why, God, did you not? I can't, I, I don't understand why God is doing this to me. Wow. Listen, anyone can learn to pray. Anyone can learn to pray. And the more you pray, the more you're going to begin to understand it's less about you and more about God wants, what God wants to do through you and for a hurting world. How he wants to transform you into the name of Jesus Christ. In this verse of scripture in Luke 11, Jesus was in a certain place praying. And as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Lord, can you teach us to pray? We don't pray like that. We don't live like that. Our prayers seem to be focused on something different. And, and I wonder if God sometimes looks at our prayers the way we look at that and almost say like, ooh, that just something that doesn't feel right about that. I mean, maybe if I'm in my home and I'm watching that on TV, I can laugh a little bit. But in the presence of God, there's something that just feels like there's, there needs to be more. I need to take it a little bit more serious. Prayer is your unbelievable opportunity to access the power of God. He is here. He's available. He's around. And all he wants is more of you. And you can teach it. When I was young, we had prayer time oftentimes at home. And, and uh, at night, my dad would come down and pray. And this one night, you know, we prayed. And I, had this I, I prayed the exact same prayer every, every night. Except this one night, my father said, Hey, Rick, have you noticed that you pray the exact same thing every night? I'm like, uh, yeah. Well, why? He's like, no, 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 there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. That's good. But I want to I challenge you a little bit to just talk to God, just like he's right here with us. And if you were really right here with us and you really wanted to open your heart to him, what would you say? Think about just sharing with God what's on your heart. and Let's see if it leads us into praying differently. That was a game changer for me. And parents, we can teach our children how to pray. I want to show you this one little video of Elliot. This one, this one little boy. And... There was an occasion that happened, and he'll talk about going to school, and he had no friends, and his dad sharing with him, and his dad prayed over him, and then he asked Elliot to pray, and Elliot prayed this prayer 
And I think his father was like so impressed with it. He's like, okay, I need to video that. And so he captures this on video. Just look at this video of this young boy learning to pray. I am Elliot. I have five people in my family. I'm six and I go to school. God loves me and when I pray to God, he likes it because he likes me talking to him. It was my first day of school and I was a bit scared because I didn't have any friends and my another friend, my best friend wasn't coming yet. My dad prayed for me and they and he said, God, we come to you today and help Aliyah try and find a friend. When my dad said for prayer, the words swooped up in the wind up to heaven to God. These blue dots are the angels and this is God in his chair. This is Aliyah. prayer for you to say if you're shocked, scared or worried just like I was on my first day of school. Um, shall I pray now? Circle me Lord. Keep comfort me. And discouragement afar. Keep peace within and turmoil out. Amen. Anyone can learn to pray. Amen. It's, it's praying. It, it, it's almost like a diet. <laughs> Anyone will work if you'll just do it. And so I just want to encourage you to do it. I, I just want to encourage you to pray. Use your words and grow in it. Now, here are 10 different ways that you can grow in prayer. I just wrote these down, learning how to pray. You can pray the Acts method. Have you heard about the Acts method? All of these you can look up. Get your cell phone out and take a picture of it if you want to remember these so that you can go back and do some research later. But the Acts method is just adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Adoration. You begin your prayer by saying, God, you are great. Thank you. You are the omnipotent one. You're the alpha. You're the omega. You're the beginning. You're the end. You are just praising God. And then, you know, confession. I am not. I am a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. Thanksgiving. Thank you for my family, my job, all the things that you've done for me. Right? And then supplication. So this is what I want, God. This is... Oh, this is what I implore from you. This is what I need to help me in my time of weakness. Now, then there's the five-finger method. And, and, and now I know there's a couple of different five-finger methods. But the one that came from who is now currently Pope, before he became Pope, he did a five-finger method prayer. This one's closest to my heart, so I pray for all those things closest to my heart. This one is for teachers and administrators. This one, the big one, is for government officials. And this is the weakest one. You know, so it's for my enemies, and, and then this one is for me. It's the smallest one, and it should be the least thing that I'm concerned about. And so there's a five-finger method. You can research that. Pray their tabernacle prayer. 
It takes the Old Testament and how God called his people to approach him in prayer. Come before him with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. And so I come in thanking God. Thank you for the time that I can meet with you. Thank you that you have created this access through Jesus Christ that I can come before you. And then it walks through everything that you walk through in the tabernacle all the way into the Holy of Holies where you make your requests known to God. You can look it up. It's a fantastic approach to how to pray. Uh, pray through the Psalms. Uh, they're all songs. They're prayers just put to music. And, and it's a, just start thumbing through them, and you'll find one that will hit you right where you are. And just pray scripture, any scripture, and just rewrite it as a prayer. Say it as a prayer. Look at Mary's prayer and Deborah's prayer and Daniel's prayer. Just look through all the different prayers in the Bible. Now, these are, are about going. This, so go to a prayer labyrinth. You may not even know it. But outside, behind our church building, underneath the big tree, inside the fence, we have a prayer labyrinth. If you've never prayed a prayer labyrinth, it's like a maze. And so you start on the outside, and, and you think about all the things that you want to pray, and then all the way in, you're bringing all your concerns to God. So you start on the outside, and you're like, God, I want to access you in prayer. And I want you to listen because, God, these are the things that are on my heart. And you just start. And as you go and you'll turn to the left, you'll turn and you'll wind and wind and wind. And all you're doing is bringing all these concerns to God. And then you get right into the middle. And then you just stay there until you can give all your worries and concerns to God. And you just, you just abide. You just stay there until you cast them all on Him. And then when you, when you feel like you have given it all away, you've given it all to God. Then you start the process of going back out and you just reverse it and you thank him. Thank you for letting me put my cares on you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for bearing more than I felt. Right? All the way out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just a prayer labyrinth. It's just, it's just a simple form. It's an exercise. Go on a prayer walk, especially in the woods. Man, go somewhere. Get close to nature. Get a prayer partner. Find somebody else who you respect for their prayer life. And ask them, will you pray with me three times a week, every day, 6 p.m.? Can we call each other? Two minutes, just pray together. Uh, get a prayer journal, right? That's amazing because you'll write down all the things you pray and you'll go back and put a check mark every time God answers them. You'll, is there anything better than answered prayer? Oh, man, once you start really journaling it, you're going to realize how great God is and how active he is in your life. And go pray with other believers. Just get in a small group. They're coming up here pretty soon. Today is the day when those of you who are God is right now, God may be calling some of you to be a small group leader. You've never been one before and you're a little nervous about it. Well, you go downstairs and you meet with Mark Wise and Donna Pennington and they'll help you. We will partner up with you to make sure that you're successful. But today is small group leadership training. And when you get in there and you get in your small groups, we pray together. I remember, I don't see, Buck, are you in the back? Is Buck back there? Oh, man, do I love Buck. Buck is on our security team, and he may be outside. I don't know where he is today. I can still remember the first time I prayed with Buck. I was in a small group, and Buck and I were meeting together, and, uh, and I said, hey, Buck, you want to pray? He said, you want me to pray? And I y'all know Buck? Y'all know Buck? And Buck used to work on old rigs way out, you know, he just, he's, and he's like, you want me to pray? And I'm like, yeah, Buck, I would like for you to pray. He said, are you sure? 
have you ever heard me pray? I'm like, no. I'm, I only know one way to pray. I said, okay, Buck, just pray the way you know to pray. He said, all right. God, hey, God, it's me, Buck. <laughs> I'm in a church. Can you believe it? <laughs> I need you now, right now, God. I need you. And this is why. Oh, man, do I love to hear Buck pray. Listen, just, just take a step. Just take a step and develop this intimate walk with God. Now, point number two is a little, is a little more serious. God does not listen to all prayers. And this is what you need to know. God has made it so easy for you to access him. And there's nothing more intimate, more powerful, more personal than your own intimate walk with God in a prayer life. But God doesn't listen to all prayers. You get to decide if he listens to yours. And as we're just going through, and I, I, I only brought out a few, James, who was Jesus' brother, said this in James chapter 4. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. And you want only what will give you pleasure. And he's like, there, there's some of us that it's all about me. And I don't, I, I just, I, all I want is this, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this. And God's like, that's not the purpose of prayer. And that's not the goal of life. The goal of life is not to make you happy. The goal of life is to go to heaven, take as many people with us as possible. And sometimes God has to make things uncomfortable so that he can do his best work in you. And he's like, sometimes our motives are just so wrong. And, and in this next passage in 1 Peter, he's like, do you, do you know that the way that you treat people determine if God answers your prayers or not. Look at this verse of scripture. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Amen? Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. So, I mean, I can pray... Lord God, you know, thank you for meeting with me. And he goes, wait, 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 wait. What did you say your name was? <laughs> I see that angel you're laying next to, lying next to, right? But uh, who, are, who are you? And by the way, this goes in reverse too. It's not just, hey, men, your prayers are going to be hindered if you don't treat your wife well. It's the same. Wives, you treat your husband with respect and understanding because he's watching the way that you treat him as an equal partner. And so you treat him with respect and love so that your prayers are not hindered. And this isn't just for married couples. God watches the way we treat people. And he says, don't let your prayers get hindered. Man, there's nothing better than answered prayer. But it's so sad when we, because of our own selfish desires or because of the way we harshly treat people. There's another one. Uh, he said, sometimes it's just because you're going through the motions. You're, you, you're not even trying to live right. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 7, I quoted this last week, and it's just there's a whole paragraph that God is starting through the prophet Isaiah to talk to the people, and they had developed this awful habit of 
getting involved in religion but not running after God. It's Sunday, so I'm going to church, but I'm really not running after God. And so he's like, you think that you get extra credit because you're coming to church? That's not how this works. It's not about whether you can sing the right songs and pray the right prayers and take communion together and walk out talking spiritual talk. I mean, these people, he's like, they're doing all this stuff. And he's like, what are your sacrifice? What is this? Don't do it. And he concluded by saying, when you lift up your hands in prayer, I'll not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood from innocent victims. They were treating people harshly. They were going outside and doing unbelievably bad things. And then coming into God and just, and he said, you look, you're, you're, you're religious, but you're not spiritual. You're going through the motions, but you're not looking for a relationship with God. And one of, the, one of the harshest ones is in the book of Amos. And it's the next passage on the back of your outline. And over in Amos, God's like, okay. What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here, you have no idea what you're wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. He said, some of you are showing up and and I'd think, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing well. Man, one day God's going to come back and it's all going to be glorious. He said, that, that, that makes you look good to other people, I understand. And it's certainly fun to talk about. But you don't know what you're asking for because I'm watching the way you live. And that's not going to be a fun day for you because you, you talk like you want to love God. But when I watch you, and I watch the way you live. I watch the way you treat people. I watch the decisions you make. I hear the way you talk and what you do in private. And when you approach me, it's not going to be a fun day for you. And then he gives this word picture. He said, you're going to be like this man who's running from a lion only to come face to face with a bear. And then somehow you escape the bear and you lean up against the wall in your house only to be bitten by a snake. On that day, there will be no joy and no hope for you. Say, man, some people live their life that way. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. People are trying to devour me. They're trying to get to my money. They're trying to get to my life. I'm running, I'm running to keep from being devoured by the world and by my enemies and by people. And then I come up against something that's really, really strong and I don't know how I'm going to overcome it. And somehow I overcome it. And just at the time that I think I can relax and take a breath, in the end, it's the snake, that evil snake. That brings me down. That's, I, I know it's getting heavy in the room. <laughs> but this is what you've got to hear. God has made it so easy for you to access him. But I got to believe that there's somebody, someone, maybe several of us in here who are wasting away our days 
You know you have full access to God, and yet you choose to live differently anyway. And you need to know that God says, I'm not going to listen to your prayers until I have your heart. Now, he's going to keep being involved in your life, but he's going to bring you to a place to where you'll begin to run after him so that he can save you. God's not looking to punish you. He's looking to save you. And so I just believe that you need to know, as funny as things may be on our first point, they're that much more serious on this point. And that is, God wants you. And it's not fun and games. And, and, it, and, it's, and you can't put it off. You can't keep saying, well, one day I'm going to really run after God. Boy, as soon as I get my education done, as soon as I get out of college, as soon as I, well, one day I want to settle down and I'm going to, and then I'm really going to just really run after God. Someday seems to never come for some people. God's like, please, 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 please don't do that. Run after me with all your heart. I've made it so easy. And I don't want to end on this point. This is what I want to end on. Jesus changed our prayer life. He just, tried, he just changed it. In the Old Testament, they didn't have access like we have access. They kept looking for a Messiah. They kept looking for a Savior. They kept looking for hope. They kept looking for forgiveness for all their sins that kept piling up. And so they're looking forward to the day when God would live in them. In the Old Testament, he spoke through a prophet or he spoke through Moses or through Daniel or God chose certain people and he worked through that individual and he told everybody, you can, you can be clean, you can be clear because of this individual. Gideon will save you and as long as you follow him or David and as long as you follow him or Moses and as long as you follow him. But that's no longer the case. You no longer have to look toward any man to follow so that you can have access to God. He is available to you. And oh, I'm telling you, what he has done on the cross, he set you free. I mean, don't, don't, don't you realize that what Jesus did is he took your sin and nailed it to a cross so that you can stand fully justified before God. Romans chapter 3. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Such good news. I don't even have time to preach on just that. You can be made right with God apart from the law. It really is all about your heart. How are you going to stand confidently before the Lord? That's really what the question is. One day we will all bow before God. We will all come and stand before him and be judged. What will make you confident on that day? How should you live your life so that on that, in that moment, you are most confident before God? Jesus said, I have, I'm going to make you confident because there's something I need to do for you that you can't do for yourself. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. In other words, Jesus has now made you right. So he now comes up. So instead of you just standing before God, Jesus comes up and stands in front of you. And Jesus is like, 
You, get to, you, you judge him through me. And God begins to delight in that. For everyone has sinned, amen, and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And yet, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So Jesus stands before God, and he, doesn't, he no longer even sees me. All he sees is his son, and he's so delighted in his son that I get credit for that if I just access it. You'll stand before God, but you won't stand alone. Somebody will stand in your place. Unless you say no to him. And if you tell him no, then you'll stand before God. But what he's trying to say is, please, access the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the shedding of the blood of Jesus, the celebrating of that in communion. And then Hebrews says, and when you do, look at what Hebrews 4 says. So then, since we have this great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You can boldly come before God and stand before him, Free, forgiven, full of grace and mercy and truth, not because we're good, but because he is good. And his grace covers everything. Prayer is the place where you access the things of Jesus. So I just implore you, have an active prayer life. Grow in your prayer walk with God. Learn what it means to submit before God and bow before Him. Access His throne. Take what you have available. Let this 21 days of prayer be the time and the place where you fully begin to grow past the place where you don't know how to pray or you don't know what to pray. You have 42 prayers in that booklet that we gave you that we're praying. Just stay on them. Memorize them if you need to. Go through them over and over and over. Begin this. If Elliot can do it, I can do it. And parents, man, don't you want to teach your children to pray like that? So it's taught and it's easy. He's right here. He's just, he's right here. And he's with, he's with you right now. And he knows exactly what you need. And all he's asking is that you come before him.